And I don't want to look back in 40, 50 years time and say, I done nothing. I didn't actually fight against that. And I didn't actually pass on the knowledge that we had to other people to do something about it. Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the Bitcoin Collective Podcast. You're joining into Bitcoin, sound money and macroeconomics with me, Jim. And me, Jordan. See, today, Jordan, on this podcast, I'm not going to talk about conspiracy theories. I'm not going to talk about COVID, long COVID, people dying with heart attacks or anything like that. I just want to get that off the screen right away. <laughs> That's not for conversation, okay? It's just yeah, Bitcoin. Okay. Just Bitcoin. That's what we're here for. We're here to talk about the collapsing fiat system and what the hell is this new technology that's come out of it so did you see max kaiser on the tucker carlson show in america yes i did see it well did you watch it yeah i watched i didn't watch the full thing but (laughs) i remember you saying we sat down like a couple days ago you you said that he was very like it was like he was media trained he had his cards ready and he he walked through everything and the clip that i watched he was he went full on like max and he was shouting at the camera but i I think it was all all correct like that was later on so he's slow build up so it's Ah. the tucker carlson show see there's another thing there's you young guys you you won't watch 40 minutes of tv you just want the five minute snip Everybody wants a five-minute snip these days. You've got to watch. Max was absolutely brilliant. He built it up. He gave the case for Bitcoin, gave the case against fiat currency. He told us why it was being suppressed, who was accumulating. He told us all about El Salvador and where it was going. He had Tucker Carlson sitting, essentially, just you could just see the orange pill in his head going, there's definitely something here. Of course, Tucker Carlson has also in, uh, interviewed President Bukele. Mm-hmm. He's come out as a Bitcoiner, or like he alluded to it anyway. I don't know how much he can come out to say that with his position. Yeah, but um, I, I just thought it was really powerful. Uh, so that was a good one. I, I would say to people, if you're interested in Bitcoin, the why of Bitcoin. Yeah. Mac, and we know Max Kaiser can be off the wall sometimes, and, and when he goes off, he goes off. But he's been there since the word dot, and he fully understands it. And it's just when I saw him with all these, you know, he had his notes, he'd obviously, he'd obviously been prepared for it. Um, he was just, it was just lucid, forensic, and really interesting. So if, if it'd been the first time I'd heard about Bitcoin or I wanted to know more, or what, where does it all fit in in terms of money, it was a really good opener. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes then, the, yeah. the full clip, so everyone can watch it, and I'll watch it as well. So is the Bitcoin price important to you, Jordan? No. Oh, so everyone... Well, yeah, I know you're going to say this. Yeah, of course, it's to an extent, it's important to me. Um, Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. To to what extent? Like, I want it to go up because that means adoption is going up. And... But it's not about... When you're when we're saying that, it's not about I want to invest in it, so then I can sell at sixty thousand or something like that. And I don't see it like that. But of course, the price is important. But I just see it as 
important to then integrate it into society rather than sell it back to be fiat. So, that makes sense. So, so are you saying, so let me just get this clear for the listeners because I want the listeners to be clear that what you're saying is you're never going to sell your Bitcoin back into the British pounds. It's always going to stay in Bitcoin. Depending is that on what you're saying? Depending on adoption, yeah. I, I, because I'll be able to buy stuff with my Bitcoin um, later down the line. So what? So, so I'm going to say that you are, and so I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist. I'm kind of getting there. Are you saying that within 10 years, okay, let me give you 15 years, that Dundee City Council will accept Bitcoin when you pay for your council tax? Is that what you? Is that your hope? Uh, well, it's, I see it as more of a savings account, so I wouldn't... Is that my hope? I think they'll be forced to do it, yes, in the next 15 years. Okay, if you look at the rate of adoption that's happening at the moment, and if it continues on that trajectory, I think a lot of we will see a lot more adoption by institutions and society. But you're telling me, I'm trying. I'm trying to get to. I'm bringing this back to our first point in discussion. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me, oh, look at the adoption. Yeah. If the adoption's so widespread just now, and I saw. Jack Dorsey out supporting the African Bitcoin conference, talking about Africa and why it's so important. And I know you've talked about the uh, the southern um, southern countries, southern mm-hmm. hemisphere will probably adopt it first out of necessity. Yeah. Why is the price? Why is the price hovering at seventeen thousand dollars? I don't understand that. Yeah. I, so I, I, I don't have an answer for that. Well, price is important to me. I want I want Greg Foss's two million dollar Bitcoin. I want Kathy Woods, what is she, $1 million Bitcoin by 2030? I want Mike Novogratz's $500,000 Bitcoin. I want, uh, who's the guy that was on the other day? It's the guy who got interviewed. He's, and so, yes, I want that because I want to have the opportunity to either keep it in Bitcoin or do something with it in the fiat system to help me change the fiat system. Mm-hmm. So, because um, if you look at the time difference, I've probably got 10, 15, 20 years. That's provided I don't have a COVID heart attack, folks, or a, a jab heart attack. I'm not going to go down that conspiracy route because I know he's Jordan. So, um, but you, you've got another 60, 70 years on this planet. So you've probably got the opportunity to see Bitcoin adoption being what it should be or what yeah. you hope it will be. Yeah. I think that's why we come at it from two different angles and i think that's why it's good because i mean to an extent you must be seeing it as a long-term thing as well to pass on to your kids um, yes to pass down um but obviously you want to see the benefits of it as well in your lifetime and then the same for me um i, so, I think yeah. many people have to be honest so i'm i'm being honest that I'm finding this bear market tough. And if anyone says to you, ah, oh, it's just another bear market, the cycle will repeat, history doesn't, uh, history rhymes and all that sort of stuff. And I look at the three bear markets that have been, they go, wow, that's quite tough. When I look at Dan Held and Dan talks about, you know, going from up to $1,200 or something back to 250 
that's that was some ride, and that's kind of where we are just now. Because at this time last year, when it was fifty odd thousand dollars, I never thought for a minute it would be down at seventeen. And everybody's talking it down. Did you see what the big bank standard charter did this week? No, I don't think I did. The standard chartered have come out a bank. Oh, we think there could be a big surprise in 2023, and Bitcoin may go down to $5,000, everyone. Really? <laughs> so my reading of that was, they're trying to push it down to $5,000 so they can buy three times as much. Yeah. But now my question is, Bitcoin's come down from 69000 down to wherever we are now. What are we, like, 17, 18? Yes, yeah, I think Something so. around that. And who who sells right now? Like who actually? <laughs> who who sells right now? Like no. why why would you sell right now? Surely there's more. It's riskier selling than holding. Um, so, so they talk about you know the retail now. I think there's only five or ten percent of the final retail. That's like. People that we spoke to, I know so many people that asked me to set up wallets and help them out at 50,000, 60,000, 40,000, and they're all underwater. Mm -hmm. The same as the stuff I bought then is underwater, which helps with your tax return. But there's just that little small amount of them that are still, they've either forgotten about it and don't care. Now, I know someone who bought, I think they've got 0.1 Bitcoin which at one point was worth a lot of money. And they're now like, don't even know, don't even know what the password is. I've lost interest. There's probably a lot of people like that. They're just like, mm, mm, whatever. Because they get carried away, I remember, in the, the euphoria. Yeah. <clears throat> but I sent you a tweet from, it's called the, the, the Rational Root, or The Root. And The Root has 130,000 followers. And if you actually look at his followers, or her followers, there's, they're very significant. And he does some really good uh, analysis. So here's the tweet. This is uh, this morning. My thesis stands, using a liquid supply as a proxy for scarcity, this is the most mind-blowing chart. Not if, but when demand comes back, things will get insane. And essentially what he's shown is the amount of Bitcoin that has been bought and accumulated just now is really significant. And then the first reply to it was from Adam Back. Now, we had Adam Back at the Bitcoin Collective Con Conference. He comes back and says three simple words, supply squeeze brewing. Now, this is what I, can, now, this is what I cannot get right in my head. Bitcoin has been accumulated more than, I mean, really accumulated by small, small buyers up to one Bitcoin or 0.1 Bitcoin. And this short squeeze things, you know, sort of bubbling up. Nothing's happening with the price. Now, is that because of the futures ETF where the big institutions are still shorting it down? Or is there something else? I don't have an answer for you on that one. I, I, I don't think there is an answer. I guess you could have 10 different Bitcoiners in a room and they would all tell you something similar but different. Yeah, but do you remember? Do you recall about eighteen months ago? Or was it? Was it? It might have been longer, Jordan. 
when you and I were sitting in the living room and Elon Musk put out something about I've just bought Bitcoin and it just remember it jumped up four thousand dollars in like ten minutes. Yeah. I've not seen anything like that at all. Which is this is a good sign, right? Because yeah, it shows a good sign. the market's maturing. Um and it can't be as manipulated as it could potentially two years ago. Yeah. So are we seeing then that a more mature market is less volatile to quick media snips like that? Because if you looked at this tweet and you put it out, you say, my goodness, everyone's buying Bitcoin. It should go, Phew! but it's not doing that. Yeah. And you have to remember we were in, we were like midway through a bull market then. There's a lot more liquidity and there's a lot more people that don't really understand the markets. Um so there's going to be a lot more people that jump on those bandwagons and yeah. there's hype, like the hype of Bitcoin and crypto is like really high then. So yeah, people jump on it and that probably causes a lot more volatility. But where we are at the moment is like, it's just the people that care about the fundamentals. Yes. That really care, have looked back at history, have looked into money, really down the rabbit hole. And these are the people that don't really care about these news stories. Um, they're just like, like we've got long time preferences. It's yeah. like it's not just a four year thing. And so that's probably why we don't see anything like that uh, at the moment. So if I was to say to you, so you made the comment on the last podcast that you're quite happy to have your heating off. Yeah. And save, let's say you were saving a pound a day and you're happy to put that 20, 20, 29 pounds a month into Bitcoin. Yeah. So is that just because you've got, what, so what's causing you? So if you were talking to the CEO of a company or a business to say, here's why you should put some Bitcoin on your treasury, what makes you think like that? Is it A, a blind belief in Corey Klipstein and Max Kaiser and all these people? Is it B, the fact that you know that it's a programmed money that's 13 years of age or 14 years of age, hasn't missed a blip, open source code, scarcity, fixed supply, secure, um, and not owned by any CEO, state, no dividends, no VCs. Is it that? Is that your hope? Bitcoin is, the hope for me is that we're seeing the world and like kind of crumble economically and socially. It's like, it's not in a nice place at the moment. Mm. And Bitcoin is scarce. It's peer to peer. It's mm. censorship resistant. And it's a new form of digital money that's built on the internet. And um, this is all a very new thing. Um, but then if you match this, because I've always said the bit that got me into Bitcoin is the book, The Fourth Turning. And looking back at history, the cycles that society goes through. And if you match up what I'm saying about Bitcoin, about looking long term, it's solid, sound money that stores your wealth over a long period of time. And then you look at, we're in the fourth turning, 
we're in the crisis phase and what do I want to store my wealth through this period that we're going to go through? And it's evident that we are starting this period of depression and there needs to be some sort of revolution to come out the other side and back into the first turning again. If so we are that... using the book as a, what is it? As a guide. As a guide. Does, as that a guide not, yeah. does that not, so you and I, I still cannot get out of my head and you can tell me I'm wrong. I cannot get Majid Nawaz, the five minutes we had with him, the intense five minutes of the Bitcoin collective when he said, see all your Bitcoin, I totally get it. He understands, I get it. What what he says, what you don't get is that in this fourth turning, the the elites, the uh, World Economic Forum, the IMF, all that lot, whether, whether you think it's the Democrats or the Republicans or Rishi Sunak's party are going to cheat you out your Bitcoin because they will either A, make sure you cannot buy it or sell it in, in these countries like VCB want to do, or they will B, they will simply ban it, uh, ban it full stop. So this is the bit that, that I keep thinking. So we're in this fourth turning we're in where you're right, that we're constantly in chaos because we're constantly worried. And I'm, I'm, we're coming up to Christmas and people are saying to me, I don't feel Christmassy one bit. And I'm like, yeah, usually I kind of do, but maybe just because I'm getting over COVID, I'm not sure. But that's the bit that I that I worry are, will Bitcoin win through because it is what it is and we have a belief in it? Or will they have will they have enough firepower to kill it off and not let Jack Dorsey have it as the internet money of the future? No, I don't think that they I strongly believe that they I don't think that they will win this. Um it's like they might have in the short term, maybe let's look in the next twenty years, they bring out um CBDCs, they bring out their own digital currency. But then people will realize like what is happening uh with these and because we're feeling it at the moment. Um, especially I don't know if you've seen in um Nigeria what's happened. So this is exactly what you're talking about, is the Nigerian governments and central banks have banned ATM cash withdrawals over $200 per week. And that's making that's then making people have to use CBDCs, or that's their aim anyway, is to get yeah. people off of a cash economy into a digital CBDC economy. But it's actually... I'd need to look at the numbers for it, but Nigeria is one of the biggest adopting countries of uh, Bitcoin. So people are choosing, you're right. And people will choose initially. Some people will choose CBDC, some people will choose Bitcoin. And yeah, that is my worry. How do you get from, a, I said this in the last episode, how do you get from having your wealth in a CBDC into Bitcoin, and I don't know the answer to that, but I there will be a way of doing it. I am sure of well, that. Well, what I did this week was I looked at the terms and conditions of the my bottle pay account, 
and the new privacy policy that we've put out. Oh, did you? Glad you did, because I didn't. I yeah. just clicked agree. <laughs> and the new privacy policy essentially states, in my interpretation of it, we will give your data to whomever asks for it for legal purposes. So HMRC, banks, government, anyone who wants, anyone who they believe, and they're going to keep it for six years. So when they when I send them my bank accounts, now the inland revenue haven't asked to see my bank accounts because I do my tax return every year and through a reputable accountant and we do a decent job. And this lot are asking for my bank accounts and they're going to keep it for six years. You think of the amount of employees that could go through that company in six years and just ping out my bank accounts when they want, just because they can, because they've got that data. And let's say things change. Let's say that Rishi Sunak does introduce a, a central bank digital currency, and Labour will do it as well. The law... It's all programmed in there. The civil servants are going to do it. They're going to try it anyway. And then they say, well, okay, let's all, let's find out, let's go to bottle pay, for example, and find out how many people bought and own Bitcoin. And then they send you a letter saying, surrender it into CBD, we'll give you a fair value for it. Or we're coming to arrest you, you've got 90 days. Do you, that could happen in this country. Nah, I don't believe that. I, I I know they could, but I I would move country if if that was to ever happen. Like I would move, and this is where we then touch on the book of the sovereign individual of like yeah. whoever adopts this digital e-cash, and they're gonna have to incentivize people to move to their region. So and... you can. So you're a single guy, and you're young, and you can do that. So, but all the people who are dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin, like me every month, and people I know who believe in it, but who also want to see price accumulation at some point, um, even just to feel good and to feel, you know, we told you so, whether that's in 2024 yeah. or 2025, we told you so. Um, I'm just kind of like, have I, let's say, let's say I'm 60. And this happens, and they say, surrender your Bitcoin. We know you've got, we've got all the bottle pay records to show what you bought. So you, you've got 3.2 Bitcoin. It's now worth a million pounds. Um, we see you've been you've declared it in your tax form. That's good. Uh, so we can't really get you there. But what, what we're going to say is give us it back. Or So have I got to sell my house and move to El Salvador or Nigeria? If you think and that's going to happen, then... Or you just... I mean, someone's, someone asked me this last week, actually. How how important do you think non-KYC, buying non-KYC Bitcoin actually is? Because that's what you're talking about, is through bottle pay, you're buying KYC Bitcoin. So yes. they know who's bought it. Yes. Um. So then that just comes to the debate of, yeah, how important do you think non-KYC Bitcoin actually is so they don't know that you've got that and my answer to that was i think it's come it's becoming increasingly more important to do it uh, but it's totally subjective to the person and where they actually are 
on their journey and what they believe is going to happen in the future because nobody knows how it's going to play out. And it's... No, we don't. And, and, and I'm, I'm painting quite a bleak picture. So what I'm saying to the audience who's listening to is never say never that that couldn't happen. They're not going to introduce CBDCs and, and go through this whole process just to just so the Bitcoiners can sit in the background and say, ha, 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 you can't touch us. So if you have bought it on regulated exchanges like Coinbase or Zumo or mm, Revolut Coin and, or Coin Corner, are, 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 they, are they the same? I don't think, are they the same? I think they're in the Isle of Man, so they're a little bit different. Uh, okay, oh, you're talking about um, FCA. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't think they are. I, I could be wrong, but we can find out. Yeah, but this so there's another example right now of people hiding money and their wealth. I don't know if you've noticed that there's a Tory peer and they took something like 60, 65 million out of 200 million contract, and the government are going after them now. So you can't, I don't think it matters where you are. They, they, they will get you if you've been naughty. So anyway, coming back, I'm 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 painting a bleak picture to say that could happen. Right. Will it happen? The probability of it happening. So the counter argument to that, Jordan, and to the audience is BNYP Mellon Bank, JP Morgan asking for uh, so c- c- custodial services, JP Morgan trademarking a wallet. Fidelity Digital in America coming out and offering retail Bitcoin accounts. All that stuff is happening over there, and it's uh, uh, you know Fort Worth Bitcoin City, Ted Cruz helping for Bitcoin, Cynthia Loomis putting in um, crypto and Bitcoin legislation through the Senate. So that's all happening there. And I'm like, actually, that's all good then. You know, an FTX thing will die away, and uh, as a result of that, legislation will come in, and I, my. So that makes me feel a bit more positive that we're not going to have to all move to El Salvador because I don't know if I've got it in me to move to El Salvador. <laughs> Why not? I don't think, I don't think the beach is big enough. I don't think it was in El Zonte Beach is big enough. I think Max Kaiser probably owns it all now. He'll be there renting de- deck chairs at 0.1 Bitcoin a day. <laughs> but I, so I think there is hope. I think there's hope. And I think there, there is hope. For, but I, I just do so it takes me back and I know I'm taking you around in a circle but it takes me back to the very first thing I asked you is that why are you in Bitcoin and, and is it about using it as money that isn't owned by the state it's separate from the state but holds value over a long period of time programmable all that sort of stuff or is it just because you want to buy an, an Audi R6 in the future no it's because I've gone so far down the rabbit hole that I've learned that money doesn't have to be tied to government, as you said. <laughs> and it's it's not always been that way. So, yeah, I, I've fully bought into the values and the ethos of Bitcoin and what it can bring to the, to the world. That's why I'm in it. And I don't want to... And why I think we're building the Bitcoin Collective is... Over the next, I, I see this window over the next 10 years of like, we have to push education because there is this like centralized CBDCs that are coming in. Yeah. And I don't want to look back in 40, 50 years' time 
and say, I done nothing. Yeah. I didn't actually fight against that. And I didn't actually pass on the knowledge that we had to other people to do something about it. And I think that would be a huge regret in 40, 50 years time. So I feel like this 10 years is like super important. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I, I think you're right. You've nailed it. This next 10 years on where it goes, those who are fighting for it. And I guess that comes back to the Bitcoin Collective in that when you and I decided with the team to create the Bitcoin Collective and do a conference, it was education, it was pulling people forward, it was, a, it was a central focus in the UK, and everyone told us this is what we needed. And I know that you you and the team are, are, are doing other stuff for London, but is is that enough? And I, I keep, so one 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 day I'm, I'm, I go, it'll be fine. America's going to create great legislation. They're going to, they're going to do um, powerful stuff. The banks are all going to adopt it, you know, in some shape or form. It will become either an investment grade product, or that which which is where it seems to be going at the moment, which is different from where it is in Nigeria, where they're, out of necessity they're using it to say, you know get, keep the money away from the government and fiat currency. Um, but then we saw that that letter last week with ECB. The staffers had the attack on Bitcoin. And do you ever do you ever follow Daniel Batten? Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's fabulous, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. She said because I put something up and he said, "Reach out if you need any help with with it." Okay, it was something to do environmental, but um, yeah, yeah, he's amazing. So he, so Daniel, I've got the tweet in front of me. He did this this tweet thread, essentially picking apart the two staffers' arguments, who the two staffers were, what banks they had worked for, and um, it just basically picked everything apart in that whole piece from the ECB and put it out there and said, "Here I am. If you want to, if you want to debate it any further, basically they had just they had cut and paste stuff. It was like." It was like a a primary six mm-hmm. essay compared to what he did, which was like a master's degree and how what why they were so wrong. Yeah. But that's the bit I worry about in the United Kingdom. Who now is who now is batting that drum? And are are we moving fast? Are you paddling fast enough in your canoe at the Bitcoin Collective? Or are you just waiting? Are you are you building up to the next conference? Are you paddling fast enough? Yeah, that's what we're we're pushing for. So, like, we're starting communities and like a community with think tanks in it, and so people like because they have different interests. So many people come to Bitcoin with different. Like, remember we done the episode like, "What's your jam?" Like, how did you get into Bitcoin? What we what attracted you to it? Yeah. So it's having different think tanks on those subjects. Maybe it's environmental. It's policy. It's society it's mining you name it whatever it is and bringing those people together to then actually come up with ideas generate (laughs) ideas and take action off the back of it in the uk because you're right we are how it always works is the usa does something the uk follows usa does something so that's what they're doing the uk are just waiting for the us to 
show their hand what they're going to do and then we'll just be like oh yeah let's do that we'll just follow you it's like we should be doing something and we should be taking the lead being entrepreneurial like it's not really a word that goes with governments um but it is about coming from the grassroots level but also educating the ones coming from the top-down approach as well yeah. So there is a lot of things happening and then educating different groups um around Bitcoin in the UK. But you're right, so, like we need to do as as much as possible over these ten years. But it so, all comes back to funding. Okay. Yeah, it does at the moment. So I I, I was out today and I said to I, I was I was out flying. So I was flying a little plane for an hour and I went out with an instructor. And he said beforehand, I said, let's go, do you want to fancy flying? We'll fly over Edinburgh, and we'll, we'll go over Arthur's Seat, and then we'll come back across uh, North Berwick and we'll cross the first. And he's like, that's great. We can do that any day. How about we do some um, forced landings without power? And I'm like, all right, okay. So now, essentially, a forced landing without power is this. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this for a reason. So you either go up to 3,000 feet or 2,000 feet or 1,000 feet, and he kills the engine. Now, so imagine you're a bobbing along, you're doing 100 knots, all your temperatures and pressures are good, you're charging, <clears throat> your gyros get suction, you're, you're, you're all set up, and the propeller stops. Right? So the propeller stops. Now, just... How I feel and how you feel and hopefully how the audience feel when I say that, that you're at 2,000 feet and the propeller stops. So all of a sudden you hear, eh. Right? So at that time, there's, there's, there's three different actions that I'll do. So I'll put the I'll put the aircraft into a glide. So it's got a glide speed that help so that'll give me the longest glide over um over minutes. So it could be five minutes before I actually hit the ground. So I'll put it into glide speed. And then I'll look for somewhere to land. So if it's a farmer's if it was a runway where we were using a, a pot in the runway to say if you were doing a circuit and it failed. So I know where to get there. Then then I'll start my restart procedures. So I'll do all the five or seven things to see if I can get it started again. Has something gone wrong? Has it been a, a fuel tank or a fuel pump? Some of that. Oh gosh, that's not worked. Meanwhile, I'm circling in a square where I'm going to land. But every time I do that, I'm going down and down. So I'm going from 2,000 to 1,500 to 1,000. Then I do a media call. So I've got to tell someone, just so you know, <clears throat> my engine's failed. I might not make it. Here's where I am. Here's where I'm pointing. And I've put my, my transponder code on so they can see, oh gosh, he's, so the radar, I've got it. Then finally, I'm coming down. And once I know I can get there, I'm setting my flap speeds I'm, and I'm keeping this glide at 70 knots all the way. Boom. Once I get there, then I just play it under on me. Right. Now, the reason I'm telling you that is <clears throat> I've had to learn that. And good pilots will practice that on a monthly basis the propeller stop, the moment they never, ever want to happen, but it stops. You know, sometimes you, you 
you stop, your lawnmower won't start or your lawnmower cuts out. It's the exact same thing. And the chances of it happening are one in a million. Anyway, so I, I, I have got these five or six different systems in my head that I must play through and I have to have them ingrained in there. And it made me think when you were talking, Jordan, about when I speak to people about Bitcoin, you know, we talk about orange pilling them. Mm-hmm. I, I, and, and what you guys are doing at the Bitcoin Collective in terms of education, is there a something we can give something that's got five pages, no more, about, you know, it could be what is money, do this, do So they lead to, if you know that, then that. If that, then that. If that, then that. And if that, look, it's Bitcoin. And people go, oh my God. So that can we give them a forced landing procedure on a on five little sheets of paper that's so easy to understand about why Bitcoin is what it is, so that when the ECB or anyone else comes out with all this fear and certainty and doubt, you can just say, if you read that, you will understand it all, my son. I know that was a bit convoluted, but you get from going. Yeah, well, it's pretty much just the the Bitcoin standard compressed down into five pages, right? Which is a very difficult thing to do. And But it's something we have looked at and we're looking at to build out. It's like a bit, it's like a Bitcoiner toolkit, right? Yeah, because um, remember Michael Saylor read the fiat standard and that was the one that put him into, he said, that's it, I'm out, I'm going all Bitcoin. No, it must have been the Bitcoin stat. It was the fiat standard because if you, if you look at the, if you look at the fiat standard, Michael Saylor's written a big paragraph on the book saying this was the book that made me change my mind. Well, sure, can, the, fiat sta- yeah. the fiat standard could, only came out like two years yeah, ago, right? Yep, yeah, I know. So we can double check that. All right, okay. Because um, remember, it was only 2020 when he moved everything across. Yeah, fair, actually. So think about this when you're doing your stuff. Practice force landing or force landing without power, as in the force landing without power is my money's useless and the government have got me. Oh, here's why Bitcoin's new, refreshing, different and works from the future. Yes. I, Sorry, I was researching the fiat standard. It, uh-huh. Definitely the Bitcoin standard. Because okay. the Fiat standard came out the 16th of November 2021. Okay, so so let, let me let me how much would you like to bet on that? What that okay. Uh what that it fully changed his mind, and that was the reason why he went all in. That's what he that's what it says on the cover. I, I don't want to take a full Bitcoin off you. I know Peter McLaughlin takes like full bitcoins off American Hoggle. Or Peter McCormack. Peter McCormack. <laughs> I've got him some Irish guy. You're McLaughlin here. So Peter McCormack, he always wins the bets off American Hoddle and whatnot. So, yeah. okay, how about what, 0.1 bitcoin? Is that too much? Yeah, simmer down. £100 worth of bitcoin. No. £50. Uh... <laughs> 21 21 pounds it is then okay <laughs> so but can you see where i'm going because i yeah, know that you're trying yeah if you think about what I, what I, what a pilot has to practice and learn to to make sure they get to the ground in a safe way to essentially what you're saying is 
We can help you, Mr. Business Person, to get to the ground in a safe way in five years' time by slowly introducing you and your company to, to Bitcoin. And here's the five pages where you just get it. And from there, you don't want to go away and find out more. But actually, there's so much information there in a really clear, diagrammatic way that you won't need to. Yeah. It will be these different angles because you need to think about it, about different personas, different demographics. Like they care about different things. Um, yes, the community too, but 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 business people don't. Business no, but that's what need... that's what I'm saying. So you have yeah. ones for business people because we're going, we're doing a lot of B two B stuff now. Yeah. So then we have to build workshops yeah. for B two B. So we need to know what problems they've got with the current financial system. What are they experiencing? What's their pain points? And how does Bitcoin fix that? So it's right. like finding that pathway, but then. <laughs> You're right, finding that for ordinary Joe and Jane down the street. Um, what's their pain points? Why would they be attracted to Bitcoin? The same with environmental standpoint. How does Bitcoin like distilling that down into five pages is gonna be a lot? No, but no no, but you could you can I think you could do it because you know, there's so much information. There's so much information. I mean, you've got to read the Bitcoin standard and the fiat standard, they're massive and they're so deep. I mean, you read two pages of it and I go, geez, why did you think about that? If you could have something that's like so simple, like an aid memoir. So, so if I was to say to you, if you learn this procedure and these five pages, you'll be, ta- you'll be able to take that aircraft from 3,000 feet when the propeller stops and get it on the ground. And they can, they can put all that in five, five pages. So you must be able to do that in five stages of making it easy for someone to understand why as a money or as a savings tool or as the you know the internet money that Jack Dorsey talks about is so important or is relevant. Yeah. It, and then I mean my you, counterpoint to that would be that that manual that you're talking about has been proven. It has been <laughs> tested and it's been around for however long yes um, and it's happened it's been used multiple times over to land multiple aircrafts we're talking about a currency moving into the future that's what the barrier is for a lot of people is like it's not a proven currency no, but, but i think what you can you can show them is from your fourth turning because you can see we're yeah. in from the fourth turning of where we are now you could say, first page, it could be, here's the turning, here's where we are now, here's how it affects money. Yeah. And the propeller's about to stop. So here's why Here's why it will be good for you over the next five years or 10 years, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. I thought, I just, when I was doing those today, I was thinking, crikey, because when I'm, it's so difficult to orange pill people because you have got to go about it in different ways based on where they are or their knowledge of money or where they are in their life or how old they are. So is it it a cheat sheet that we can do where it's like, oh, this is quite good? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Have I made you think, though? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm now going to finish up by talking about Father Calvin Robinson. Do you, have you heard of Father Calvin Robinson? No, is it like okay. <laughs> no? So, carry on. 
So Father Calvin Robinson is a person. He's a clerk in holy orders and high church. He's an Englishman, Anglican orders, and an evangelical Catholic. That's what it says on his Twitter. He's got 231,000 followers. And he's also on Grey, you know, GB News. Now they've got um, the Coast guy. What's it? What's his Neil, Neil Oliver does a yeah. slot every week. This guy does a slot as well, Father Calvin. And he is, so he's also been on Tucker Carlson. And he's so cool. So he's an Anglican, I think he's an Anglican priest. He's so cool and so hip. And he gets money. And he can be, he's basically put, he put, uh, he was on the TV the other night talking about why central bank digital currencies are bad for us. And I was like, this is brilliant, man. Um, and it, it obviously rhymes it in with, you know, his, his, um, his, his religion. But I thought, he is so cool. So if anyone wants a bit of, whether you, whether you consider him fun, flipping, serious, but his name's, um, so is, he's at Calvin Robinson. And he is refreshing. And he's another one of these guys that can talk about money and Bitcoin and, and how the whole fiat system is basically disenfranchising and disintermediating the poor. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at it from that okay. perspective. And I thought there's another like cracking. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that was quite a deep pod. Yeah, that was good. Um, but I think I'm just constantly thinking, Jordan. <laughs> I think it makes you think more and more when you see what's happening in the world. Like, if I look at BBC News, <laughs> I mean, I don't really watch it anymore, but it's like, or look on the app, sorry, but it's like, we recommend that you heat your living room and hmm. you heat your bedroom, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what what's the world come to? Yeah. And this isn't the way it should be. So that's what keeps me going. And that's what drives me to keep pushing for Bitcoin. So you, you know that Scotland has a lot of oil and gas. Yes. It's also got a lot of wind for renewables. Rishi Sunak's government this week signed a deal with America that's going to import, sail across the sea, liquefied natural gas, big tankers. So they're all coming from the southern states of our country so we don't run out of fuel. And that makes me think, that makes me think, so it's okay for them to have to drill for oil and gas because maybe they made the environmental lobby is not as big there. We're not supposed to do it, even though we know we've got tons of it. So we're going to buy it off America. And I think to myself, something is badly wrong with this whole stinking situation. <laughs> um, and, you know, we could put up tons of wind turbines. So even, let's say we did another 20 years of oil and gas, and this is just my opinion, let's not import it from anyone else. Let's make it here. But in that 20 years, become solely sufficient on wind and solar and then shut it off. Mm -hmm. Or buying it from America, what does that tell you right now? And have you seen what just while we're on oil and gas, have you seen Shell are now getting into Bitcoin mining? Are they getting in, or are they, were, did they not develop a technology that super cool? It's, it's a super cool, yeah, 
Yeah, they can for use Bitcoin them. miners, like, oh. which means that they they've partnered with the Bitcoin uh, conference. Yeah, in America, it like they obviously understand it. Um, yeah, moving to forward to be doing that. So I just think we're living in such an interesting time. Mm-hmm. But I still want my Bitcoin to go to $31,250. Why? Because it's a random out, number. I just pulled <laughs> out. I, I could have said $43,285. Basically, I'd like it to go up, but I know we're in a bear market and I know we've got another, I don't know, eight months, 18 months of pain. And it's yeah. up to us during that time not to let the fear, uncertainty, and doubt from the naysayers get in the way while the banks try and scare you out your Bitcoin. Yeah. Precisely. Okay, everyone, have a great weekend. I, that was up. Now, think about the propeller stops. How do you tell people, here's the new way to get to the ground safely via Bitcoin? Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. All right, John. You- <laughs> You take care. See you later. Ciao.